Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this morning. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this, you're listening to my next college football chat, weekly chat here, uh, going into uh, each and every uh, week of the season and moving forward. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed a really nice slate of football in week five, some really, really good matchups um, that didn't disappoint in Week six is going to be even better. We have some unbelievably great football games coming up. Multiple games of undefeated teams playing each other. We still have a good amount of uh, undefeated teams so far. That is going to drop, um, be cut down significantly this week. Uh, just because of the sheer factors, undefeated teams playing undefeated teams. And then some of the undefeated other undefeated teams are playing really good teams to go along with that so this week we'll find out a lot about some of these teams and where they stand and where they look moving forward <clears throat> but as i do in these episodes i'm going to start off with a lot of uh questions from loyal listeners um one thing before i dive into that though a really really weird situation unfolding at iowa um those who don't know, the Iowa Children's Hospital, if you don't know, you should. But the Iowa Children's Hospital um, is right next to the football stadium. They, of course, do the wave to all those children there. Um, between quarters there, um, it's, a, it's one of the most amazing amazing things in college football. Um, one of the best experiences I've ever had. It was absolutely amazing. But the... During the wave, the Children's Hospital put up, somebody put up some signs that said, Fire Brian. Brian Frentz, uh, uh, the offensive coordinator. Just a really, really odd situation there, um, to say the least. I mean, Iowa's offense is inept and terrible. We all understand that, and we've known that for quite some time. And yes, there there's jokes. The sickos committee having the uh, yodeler from uh, the Price is Right climbing the mountain to get to the point total that they need to get to for the season. But for the Children's Hospital, for somebody who's there to put up a sign in the windows that says Fire Brian, that's, that speaks volumes, I believe. And, and if you haven't seen it, just look it up. I reposted it on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I reposted it on Twitter and... Uh, it, it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy to think that it's come to that. Um, I, I, I don't want to sound facetious when I say this, but like if the children's hospital says it, I mean, you almost have to do it, right? I mean, but, but in all reality, in all fairness, I mean, I think we all understand how bad this Iowa offense is. And it's sad because every year their defense is absolutely amazing. And uh, just... You just wonder what could happen if they could pair just a average offense with their elite defense every year. What they could do, I'm, I, and that's not even saying put a good offense on the field. I'm just saying an average offense because their offense every year is near the bottom of the country. I mean, they struggled against Michigan State, who's bad. Let's just Michigan State might not win another game the rest of the year. They're that bad. 
and Iowa needed a touchdown and a punt, or defensive touchdown and a punt return touchdown, which it's also crazy that those those scores go towards Brian Ferentz's total for the season. Absolutely crazy that that's the case because he has absolutely nothing to do with that from an offensive perspective. I mean, it, 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 he might be able to save his job just because the defense scores enough points. Like, think about that. That, that, that It's crazy to me. But I, I think, like, obviously your dad is the head coach. But at some point, like, it, it, you got to make the business decision, the right decision. And that also leads me into USC. And Alex Grinch is arguably, I don't, uh, he's one of the worst defensive coordinators in the country. Look at all the talent that USC has year in, year out. And you can't even like put up a fight defensively. He is so bad. Lincoln Riley is going to be held back from winning a national championship because he is too loyal to Alex Grinch. Alex Grinch is terrible. We've seen that now. Oklahoma actually has a defense now. And USC could potentially waste away Caleb Williams, arguably one of the best players in college football history, because right now he he seems to be the Heisman favorite with what he's doing. He is a fantastic football player. He, he realistically, realistically has an opportunity to win back-to-back Heismans. And you are going to waste away that talent because of an inept defensive coordinator who can't make adjustments. It, it, it's, it, it's sad because they have multiple draft picks on that defense. They have so much talent on that defense. And you can't even muster up a game plan or you can't even make adjustments like it, it's bad like loyalty has to be set aside at some point in some of these situations and you have to realize you're in the business of winning football games and if your friendship with alex grinch in this case you sometimes got to set those things aside just like the family ties and the parents family with offensive coordinator head coach like at some point you got to set these aside and make the right decision for the football program so just had to get on my soapbox there for a second um now i'll dive into some questions uh my good friend omar uh, he can't believe san diego state is going to be two and four they are two and four now is brady hoke on the hot seat they honestly should be one and five, but Curtis Rourke got hurt in week zero. Absolutely agree with that. Um, I I think, yes, absolutely Brady Hoke is on the hot seat. San Diego State has spiraled downward significantly uh, over the past couple years. Um, they were a perennial... Um, G5 New Year's Six type representative for for a, a good stretch there and they just can't get quarterback play and it seems to me that they, they got to put well it not not seems they need to put fans in that brand new stadium it's a beautiful stadium and they're not putting a product out there that warrants putting fan, butts in the seats and so yes the change needs to be made and I think Brady Hoke, is my personal opinion, will be the next head coach at UTEP 
because UTEP and Dana Dimmel, he has to be on, on the hot seat. I mean, they are a travesty how bad they are. Um, he definitely is going to let get let go. So I think Brady Hoke to UTEP makes sense, and and I think the offense that he runs fits fits that brand of football really well. So I think we saw him do really well in the MAC. I think he could do really well in Conference USA. I think once once he gets up to those higher levels, we saw in Michigan how big of a travesty that was. But once he gets to those higher levels, he has a hard time getting the right players. I think in Conference USA, he's going to be able to find the right players just like he did when he was at Ball State in the MAC to really put good things together. <clears throat> and Ball State is another situation where they're they're going to be looking for a new head coach. I, I was told before the season that Coach New was on the hot seat, and the fact that they're a, as bad as they are right now uh, tells me everything you need to know there. I mean, they're one and four. They're really struggling. Their only win is against FCS Indiana State. They got blown out by Georgia Southern at home. So, I mean, they're, there's changes coming. Um, you look at some of these other teams, East Carolina could be could be another one coming up in a, in a head coaching search. That would be interesting to see there. A lot of these situations, though, new coaches, um, got to talk about UAB and Trent Dilfer. Me and my uh, co-host from my UConn college football chat, Pete Kalen, we had a good conversation about this um, as former coaches. But I I'm sure everybody has seen Trent Dilfer's tirade on the sideline towards his assistant coach. Uh, I've been there as a young assistant coach fresh out of college. I got called out by head coach in a film study, and it really changed the trajectory of the program um, because of how the coach did it. You don't call out your assistant coaches in a public setting like that. You don't make that display because it turns your players against you, and that's exactly what happened in my case. And then a year, year or two later, I was the head coach. Um, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back at all in that situation. I'm just saying you have to you have to react to your assistant coaches in a private setting. Those situations and those discussions need to be made behind closed doors, not in a public setting in front of everybody. And, and, and I worry that at some point Trent Dilfer, it's clear that he has an anger issue. Or an, an emotional issue. I I worry at some point. I mean, we saw when he was a high school head coach that he did put his hands on one of his high school players. Is there going to become a point at some sometime in the future where he legitimately puts his hands on a player or coach in a, in a fighting sense? Um, we all make mistakes, though. Um, we we're all human. So I hope for his sake that he's able to to soul search and get him to, to figure figure things out. Um, I really hope that for him because you don't want anybody to fail in this profession. Um, diving back into my coaching uh, talks here. Boston College with Jeff Halfley. Yes, they just beat Virginia. They Do they win another game the rest of the year, though? I think he's definitely on the hot seat. Narduzzi at Pitt. I mean, he's done really well. I would hope one bad year doesn't 
doesn't do him in. I really, really would hope that uh, for his sake. The Big 12 has some really interesting ones because you look at Gundy at Oklahoma State, Matt Campbell at Iowa State, Dave Aranda at Baylor. I mean, I think that there's some real situations there. Uh, maybe even Holgerson at Houston. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously we know Michigan State um, is going to be looking for a head coach. Indiana with Tom Allen. Um, Nebraska, or, or I'm sorry, not Nebraska. Northwestern, we know their situation. They obviously will be. Uh, Minnesota is an interesting one to watch moving forward. Like I said, I mean, we already know you. Well, we don't know, but UTEP definitely seems to be um, the, one of the next teams up looking for a head coach. Rick Stockstill, Middle Tennessee. I mean, he's been there for, I believe, 16 years, but they're one and four. They're not doing well. They're kind of in a spiral. That's one to watch. Uh, then just looking at some other teams, I mean, who who knows what happens in the MAC? The MAC's always really, really interesting. Um, San Jose State hasn't had the year that people thought that they would have. That's an interesting one. New Mexico, obviously, that they've struggled mightily there. Um, I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 is, besides Wilcox at Cal, which they seem to be doing an okay job the sec to me i think it would take a crazy collapse by a particular team for anybody to be searching for a new head coach um sun the sun belt will be interesting because that conference is getting a lot of love in, in a couple of weeks every single one of their games during the week will be on uh national television which is the first time in the history of that conference that it'll that it'll happen so again it'll be interesting to see some of these conferences moving forward who, who what some of these head coaching openings will be just some really really interesting things <clears throat> moving forward um, then uh omar's next question sorry i went on in a little tirade there but i just felt i should discuss some of the potential openings we could see here when it came to Brady Hoke and, and the like. Omar wants to know about Army's chances of beating BC. I, I personally think Ar Army will beat BC. I, I really, really believe that. I I question if BC is going to win another game the rest of the season. I really do. I know they just beat Virginia, but Virginia is hopeless almost. Army's favored by three. I mean, this might be realistically BC's last chance to win a game. Just looking at, I mean, they have UConn later on. And, and, and my beloved UConn Huskies, they beat BC last year. But I really question if, if BC can win that game. Georgia Tech, they go to Georgia Tech. They go to Syracuse. They host Virginia Tech, host Pitt. They go to Miami. So, I mean, looking at their schedule the rest of the year, they have winnable games. But at the same time, what has BC shown you this year to say that they can do that? They, they, they got beat by Northern Illinois, who's 1-4. Their only win is against BC. They should have lost to Holy Cross. They, they, they had a good comeback against Florida State in the bandana game. Got trounced by Louisville. And, yes, they found a way to win against Virginia. So you got to give them credit there. I think BC or I think Army has really put uh, something together here 
losing to Syracuse isn't a bad isn't bad. I mean, Syracuse is a is a decent football team, and Army put up a good showing there. They lost by thirteen. That's a good showing against an in-state foe from the ACC. Army looked really good against UTSA, and I think that they could come out and, and do the same type of thing against BC, and uh, could really have success. So personally, I'm picking BC, or I'm I'm sorry, I'm picking Army to beat BC. Um, that that's my personal opinion there. Um, another question here from uh, one of my loyal listeners: Canucks will never win. Um, what are the biggest weaknesses for the AP Top Ten? The biggest weaknesses for the AP Top Ten I, I, <laughs> is the voters don't watch the games. I, I saw this week somebody had LSU ranked at fourteenth. Uh, clearly, they didn't watch the. Uh, Clearly, they didn't watch the uh, the games last week because of how that ended. But but I digress there. That that see, just looking at the AP top ten this week, you got Georgia at number one, Michigan two, Texas three, Ohio State four, Florida State five, Penn State six, Washington seven, Oregon eight, USC nine, Notre Dame ten. We we know the biases that are in place with the AP. We know that. Is Georgia the best team at number one? Uh, no. I have them personally at number four. I think personally, if you're looking at it from the AP's standpoint, I'm surprised to a point that they don't have Michigan ranked number one just because they have looked like the most balanced team. And that's usually how the AP looks at things. Um, I was very, very interested to see how they put Florida they moved Florida State down one when they beat Clemson and Clemson year in year out as a good team so I, I was really surprised to see them do that so yes I mean we know the weaknesses when it comes to the AP it's 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 nice to see that they have three Pac-12 teams in the top 10 but I think if they didn't there would be riots ensuing so but we we all know that the AP has their biases in the fact that LSU is still ranked as a travesty. But looking at the top 10 perspective, I mean, the biggest weakness is just the perception from previous years is my opinion here. Having Georgia number one, okay, Georgia probably has the most talent in the country, but has Georgia looked like the number one team in the country? I think we can all agree that that is a resounding no. They almost lost at Auburn this past week. They probably should have lost. If it wasn't for Brock Bowers, they would have lost. If anybody looks at that Georgia team and looks at how they've played this year and says that's the best team in college football, you don't know what you're watching. So... I tend to I tend to think that the AP in the way that they vote is more based off of the brand names per se than than anything else. So I would say just looking at the AP and how they've done things in the past, I'm surprised that they don't have Michigan number one just because they have looked like the more balanced team. Um, I I do think it's really interesting though. All of the top five teams from Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, and Florida State received first place votes. So, so I am, 
happy to see that. The other issue with the AP polls is, I mean, like every poll, myself included, I put out a top 25 every week myself, is you can't see every game. You just can't. So there, there is an unfortunate bias towards those teams in the East Coast over the West Coast just because most of these voters are in the Eastern time zone or Central time zone and don't stay up late to watch these games on the West Coast. Which is, which is something interesting moving forward with a lot of these teams joining the Big Ten or Pac-12, or Big 12, sorry. It'll put them on TV in different time zones. So I think that's something interesting to look moving forward when it comes to the AP poll uh, and what that could mean. I apologize if you hear a siren. It's the first Tuesday of the month here. So if you hear a tornado siren going off, they test the sirens here. So I, I am not in grave danger. So I, I apologize again if you're hearing the siren going off. But that, that's just my thought on the AP poll, just dealing with that question of I, we all understand that there's a bias. We do. Um, but just it, it'll be really, really interesting. We'll learn a lot this week. We will. We'll learn a lot. Another good question here from Matt Dan Siegel. Um, if Marshall beats North Carolina State, are they the front runner to grab the G5 New Year's Six spot? I, I would like that to be true. But currently, Fresno State is ranked out of the G5, out of Mountain West. They've defeated two Power 5 teams, and, the, and they've looked really good this year. So Fresno State is the favorite right now. Um, Air Force is also undefeated out of the Mountain West right now, and they'll play each other down the road. Um, this week, Fresno State has a great test on the road at Wyoming, who's 4-1. Their only loss is to Texas. So a really good test there for Fresno State. I think it's going to be very difficult for Fresno State Air Force to run the table in the Mountain West. The Mountain West is very balanced I think it, I should say the top of the Mountain West is very good, with the likes of Air Force, Fresno State, Wyoming. You can even throw Boise State in there. The top of the Mountain West is very good, so it's going to be difficult for them to run the table. I think if Marshall beats NC State, which I absolutely think that they can, NC State's making a change at quarterback. Marshall's got a really really strong defense. Marshall's issue is they don't score they uh, enough. Especially in the first quarter, they scored their first first quarter points this past weekend against Old Dominion on a field goal. They're going to have to score against NC State. And NC State has a good defense, but they're going to have to score, obviously, to win the game. But they need to score, on, they need to get momentum going in this game against a Power 5 opponent. And I absolutely think that Marshall can win this game. And, and I honestly think they will. I really do. I think they will. And. The thing moving forward for Marshall, though, is the Sun Belt East is so difficult. JMU is really, really good. Georgia Southern's good this year. I shouldn't say this year. Georgia Southern's good. Like Georgia State will give them a battle. Coastal Carolina might not look like the coastal of, of that we're used to, but I mean they still got Grayson McCall. They can still do things. The Sun Belt East is extremely difficult. So if Marshall runs the table in the Sun Belt East, they absolutely should be the G5 representative. The other team that you need to look at is Tulane. Tulane's only losses to Ole Miss in a game that Michael Pratt didn't play. I think with Michael Pratt playing, I don't think Tulane loses another game this year. 
So Tulane won the Cotton Bowl last year. I think Tulane is a clear favorite when it comes to this too. Um, because, I mean, if anybody, if, if there's a handful of one-loss teams out of the G5, I think they picked Tulane. On the, personally, I think they picked Tulane on the landslide because of a couple things. One, they proved that they could win that game last year. And two, their only losses to an SEC opponent without their starting quarterback. So, so I think for Marshall, to, I, I would love for Marshall to be that representative because defensively they're amazing. I think their offense is improving. I think that Marshall is a really good football team. But unfortunately, I think Marshall would have to run the table to do so. And I think that's going to be really, really hard in the Sun Belt East. But if you do that in the Sun Belt East, and say they narrowly lose this game to NC State, I still believe, though, that they would need Tulane and potentially even Fresno State to lose one more game. Because I think Fresno State getting those getting those Power 5 wins, granted, they're against Purdue and Arizona State, but still, those Power 5 wins mean something. So I think it's... I think it's really, really interesting moving forward to see how this unfolds. Uh, another good question here from uh, Blakely at Blakely Ron: <clears throat> With no clear-cut top team, does a G5 12-0 team deserve a playoff spot? I, I would love, love for that to be true, um, but it, it it would be very difficult. I. I it, it it's it's hard to. See a scenario where the college football playoff committee would would allow that to happen i think as fans we would love it i mean just this scenario that i just unfolded let's say fresno state or marshall go undefeated i mean unfortunately jmu could go undefeated and they can't get in I think we all agree Liberty could go undefeated, but their 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 schedule's so bad that it doesn't even matter. Um, so you look at Marshall, Fresno State, Air Force as potentially those only teams that could do it. Marshall's best win would be against NC State. Um, they would obviously have beaten Virginia Tech. Um, Fresno State would have beaten two Power Five teams as well in the likes of Arizona State and Purdue, like I said. Um, Air Force wouldn't have beaten any Power 5 programs. So that, that kind of holds them back, in my opinion. So you look at it and say, okay, would Marshall or Fresno State have that opportunity? Fresno State's already ranked. So I, I, I do think that they have that going for themselves. The fact that they're already ranked does help. But I think chaos would really have to ensue. I, I think it's pretty clear that if there's a one-loss SEC team, they're going to put them in. I think the only way that they – I think even if there's a two-loss SEC championship team, they're going to put them in. I, I don't see a – is there realistically a scenario where I don't think there's a two-loss Big 12 team. I think they put a one-loss Big 12 team in, like a one-loss Texas or a one-loss Oklahoma they'll put in. The Pac-12, We you could argue the Pac-12 deserves to have two teams in with how good that conference is this year. 
you look at the Big Ten, I I don't think there's any way that that those top three, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, whoever it may be, that they all have two losses. I don't see a scenario where that happens. I, I, I think that the scenario is very, very, very slim. And I just don't think that there's a G5 team with a good enough schedule to get in. Again, like I said, I would love for it to happen. I would love for Fresno State or Marshall to get that opportunity. I think it'd be really cool. But at the same time, I, I just don't see I just don't see a scenario where it happens. Are they deserving of it? To answer the question, I I, I would say yes. I you can only play the teams on your schedule, and I think if you run the table, you deserve it. The only scenario right now where I would say they wouldn't deserve it is Liberty just because of how bad their schedule is. I think if Liberty runs the table, they don't they don't deserve to be in the playoff just because their best win would be Western Kentucky. So that that's my personal opinion there. I just don't feel like they would be they would be deserving. So to answer that question, that that would be my take there. My good friend Kevin Lawson wants me to discuss Bowling Green um, and their great win on the road at Georgia Tech, winning by eleven, winning by double digits wasn't even it wasn't even in debate. The fact they they won this game, they also got one point one million dollars to win this game too. Georgia Tech's in trouble. Let's just say that their offense. I should say their defense. Their defense is really, really bad. That defense is on the struggle bus, let's just say. Um, Bowling Green, that was only their second win of the season. They only put up seven. They lost 38-7 to at home to Ohio the week before. So Ohio's pretty good. Let's, let's, let's give them credit there. But I, I was genuinely surprised to see this upset. Um, but kudos to Bowling Green for getting it done. Um, can, moving forward in the MAC East, it'll be interesting to see if they can use this as momentum for themselves. But I think that this is more of an issue with Georgia Tech, looking at that defense and how bad it is. And I think Georgia Tech needs to ask the question: uh, Should they be scheduling MAC opponents anymore? Because just a couple years ago, they lost to Northern Illinois. Um, so Georgia Tech struggling with MAC foes. But uh, Bowling Green got Cheez It Team of the Week, uh, much deserved. Good for them. Kudos to them for for getting that W, um, the National Team of the Week there. Well deserved. A well deserved win there. Kudos to them. Uh, my good friends at the Three Tech Pod, love what those guys are doing. Doing a great job. I love listening to their uh, show every. Uh, they drop multiple episodes a week. They do a great job. Uh, what's the best way to view top teams in the country despite various struggles each week, i.e. objectively grading Georgia versus Michigan versus Washington, et cetera? Um, I, I think that's that's it's really difficult right now just because we – it's early, it's early enough in the season where we ha where it's hard to gauge right now. Just because we don't have enough sample size yet. I think this this week is telling because there's so many good on good games. So I think after this week we have a little bit better of, of a way to to gauge this. But 
but I think that's also like my discussion with the AP poll earlier. Like you're you're grading Georgia against Michigan for one and two, let's say. I think if you look at those two teams, just looking at them and what they've done this year, I think Michigan has looked a lot more balanced compared to Georgia. Just because none of Michigan's games have been in doubt this year. Multiple games for Georgia have been in doubt. Now, the caveat that needs to be made with that statement is Georgia has played tougher teams than Michigan has so far. I think we can all agree that Michigan has not played anybody yet. That's coming. That's coming. They play at Minnesota this week. Minnesota, that can be kind of a... I think Michigan runs away with this game, but Minnesota in the past has been a tough place to play. It's at night. Could get a little weird. I, per, like I said, personally, I think Michigan runs away with it, but at the same time, crazy things happen. Georgia last week struggles versus Auburn. <clears throat> Auburn struggled the week before at Texas A&M. Um, we've seen Georgia struggle at home against South Carolina. Um, they, they didn't look good early against UAB, who's not very good. Like We've seen Georgia struggle this year. We have not seen Michigan struggle. So I think you look at that and you try to pair it together and you say, okay, Michigan's better just because of what we've seen thus far. <clears throat> Again, granted, they haven't played the team. They haven't played anybody yet. Then you look at, say, Washington and Oregon and how they're just dominating everybody that they play. Different brand of football, obviously, where they play. But still, they are dominating every single team. And I think a good way to gauge Washington is they destroyed Michigan State at Michigan State. So moving forward, we can look at these Big Ten teams. You look at Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. They're all going to play Michigan State. How do they fare against Michigan State? Washington went into East Lansing and absolutely destroyed them. I believe it was 42-7 to or something like that. I think gauging that, granted, Michigan State will get up for those rivals a little bit better, I would say, than Washington. But I I think that's a way to maybe look at Washington moving forward compared to some of these Big Ten teams and say, man, they destroyed Michigan State in East Lansing. What do these other Big Ten teams do? So I think we got that moving forward to look at and maybe gauge them. I think Oregon's just on a mission to destroy everybody. We've seen that. They struggled a little bit this week against Stanford on the road after a huge emotional game against Colorado. That that's bound to happen. That it's human nature. You those those type of things happen. So I'm not necessarily surprised by that. Florida State, they already have some great wins. Dismantling LSU the way they did. I know that's not looking like as good of a win. The more LSU loses. But you got to remember, they beat LSU by 20-plus points. So that just tells you why. Personally, that tells me where they are. You go to Clemson and win, a place where they've really struggled to win games. And I understand Clemson might not be what we thought they were, but we need to hold Clemson in the regard where we had them in the preseason, not where they are right now. Preseason, most of us had them top 10 in the country. Some even top four in the country. So you got to have them in that regard. Think about, okay, Florida State, that's a darn good football team. Yes, they struggled against Boston College. and You get games like that. You do. So moving forward, we get, as the season progresses, that's where we're going to be able to see these things. 
but but we can also we can look at like I said, Washington. We have a definitive example where we can measure them against, say, those Big Ten teams because of the Michigan State game, where not every team we get that. And then Florida State, you have that too when it comes to them defeating LSU. You can look at the SEC and see where LSU might finish against some of these teams. Alabama is still in the running, folks. I know some people might not want to hear that. And I'm going to make a statement right now about Alabama. Alabama has an elite defense. And I, I, I personally am sick of the Jalen Milrow talk. The young man hasn't played a ton of games. I think he's going to be just fine at the quarterback position. They're going to run the ball a lot. He's going to have to throw more against Texas A&M this week for them to win. I think they go to College Station. I think they win. I think they take care of business, do what they need to do. I think Alabama wins every game the rest of their schedule. I, I'm going to say that right now. I think Alabama, their only loss is going to be to Texas. I think Alabama has a definitive shot to win the SEC and go to the college football playoff. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but the, I, I'm calling that right now that Alabama wins out the rest of the season, in, including beating Georgia in the SEC title game. Just because of the fact that Georgia has not looked good at all, and I personally think Brock Bowers is arguably the best player in college football, but he's one guy. Alabama is elite defensively. I will take that. And I think that they'll get things going offensively. I really do. I think they're going to be able to run the football better. And, I, again, I don't like the attacks on Jalen Milrow. Yes, he needs to throw the football better. He does. I agree. But he needs to be used correctly. And I think as the season progresses, he will be. So that's my take on Alabama. I think that they're going to win out and go to the playoff. I really do. So I'll mark that down. October 3rd. I'm, that's what I'm saying right now with them. But but okay, going back to my point, like you can you can measure Florida State now based off of how LSU fares in the SEC against some of these other teams. So there's a measuring stick potentially. But I also think Florida State runs the table now, and if they go undefeated, they're obviously in. I think any undefeated team from a power conference is in. I think that's very apparent. Then I think that goes for Texas too. You can measure how Alabama finishes now. If Alabama runs the table the rest of the season, I mean, you got to hold Texas in a very high light then because Texas went to Tuscaloosa and beat them, beat them handily, I would say. So there, there's ways to gauge this. So, But but it's all moving forward. It, right now it's hard. It's arbitrary. You're kind of just going off of what you're seeing and, and the like. It, it, it's a lot more difficult now to gauge to gauge these teams than uh, than moving forward. And, and, and I think that's where we run into some of these issues. So diving into week five, um, the Thursday night slate had some interesting games. Western Kentucky won the 100 miles of hate against Middle Tennessee. Ten, uh, Tulsa trounced Temple. Jacksonville State had an amazing comeback, winning at Sam Houston State in overtime. Jacksonville State's 4-1. I said that they would win six games this year. They might even win more than that. That's a good football team. Uh, Louisville goes to NC State, wins an ugly game. Louisville's undefeated, though. And then this week, they're 5-0. They host Notre Dame. Notre Dame, another night game. My goodness. <laughs> Marcus Freeman and those guys, kudos to them for, for all these night games that they're playing in a row here. Oregon State trounces Utah. Utah needs cam rising that's very apparent if they don't have him moving forward they don't have much of a shot 
when it comes to the Pac-12. Oregon State, I'm high on. I've said that from the start of the season. Watch this team moving forward. Watch the Beavers. Louisiana Tech wins at UTEP. I'm surprised Dana Dimmel still has a job. That they're they're bad. BYU beat Cincinnati. That that was a really good. That's a good win for them. I know Cincinnati's not great, but uh, BYU's four and one. Not a lot of people talking about them. Uh, my poor UConn Huskies <clears throat> up seventeen to nothing. Lose to Utah State 34-33. You can listen to my UConn football chat with Pete Kalen to learn more about that. Georgia Southern defeats Coastal Carolina 38-28. The game was much closer than that, though. Game came down to um, the guys on the strut, a great Coastal Carolina podcast. Those guys there did a great job breaking it down. I know a lot of people are down on Coastal, but you have to keep a perspective on this. Coastal lost that game in the final four minutes of the second quarter. A turnover swung the score. Um, they could have went in up at halftime and said they go in to halftime down. That's what swung the game right there. Michigan destroys Nebraska. They looked apart this past Saturday. Um, that was their most complete game thus far. Great win by Michigan there. I know Nebraska's not very good, but that was a complete game there. Penn State wins at Northwestern, but they were down in this game. Went into halftime. It was a tie game. They exploded in the third quarter. Northwestern's bad, but Penn State has not looked good. USC wins at Colorado, but they were up 34-7 at one point in this game. They were up 34-14 at halftime. Almost imploded in the second half. Kudos to Colorado for coming back. Um, Coach Prime and, the, and company there, you can see what's coming. You can see it. USCR talked about the defensive perspective at the beginning of this episode. That they they're gonna waste away Caleb Williams' talent. Kentucky destroys Florida. Florida shouldn't have been ranked. Tennessee shouldn't be ranked either, but don't get me started there. Kentucky looked good. Hell of a performance by their running back, Ray Davis. I think we learned how to beat Florida this year. Um, Texas A and M. Well, Talking about Kentucky, Georgia has looked susceptible against the run. They Auburn did a good job running against them. Ray Davis in Kentucky, watch out, Georgia. You better be prepared for that. Texas A&M beats Arkansas. wasn't as close as the score says it was. Texas A&M controlled that entire game. Minnesota defeats Louisiana by 11. Game was much closer than that, though. <clears throat> Clemson wins big at Syracuse. Good performance by them. Tulane beats UAB. Game was closer than it should have been, though. Surprising result. They're only winning by 12. Uh, JMU beats South Alabama. JMU's issues, they, they're, first off, the Dukes are really good. They're 5-0. JMU's problem is they don't constrict teams. They get up, and then they let teams back in the game. Buffalo wins at Akron in overtime. I thought Akron might be making a jump this year. Doesn't seem that way. Central Michigan beats Eastern Michigan. A big rivalry game there. Great win by Central. I, I thought Eastern this year had a shot to win the MAC West. It se doesn't seem the case at all. Kudos to CMU. I thought that they were going to struggle this year and McElwain would get fired, but they're doing a really good job. BC beats hapless Virginia. Virginia might not win a football game this year. We'll see moving forward. Miami, Ohio wins big at Kent State. Kent State's bad. That's the only way you can look at it. Cal beats Arizona State. Georgia wins at Auburn by seven. Brock Bowers, 
A huge, huge performance by him. Like I said, he's arguably the best player in college football. Texas beats Kansas handily. Game was much closer going into the third quarter, though, but Texas takes care of business. That's one, That might be the one issue you can say about Texas is 20-14 to 14 in the third quarter there. Texas does a really good job in the fourth quarter taking care of teams. You need to see a full game from them. Maryland destroys Indiana. Tolua Tugavaloa, somebody we need to talk about. His stat sheet in this game, 24-34, five touchdowns. If Caleb Williams has that game, it's all over the national media talking about it. Tolua Tugavaloa is a really, really good quarterback. They got a great test this week going to Ohio State. We'll learn a lot more about Maryland. Purdue destroys Illinois. The thing I take from this game, Brett Bielema after the game says he might need to get more hands-on with the offense. Seems pretty apparent right now. Rutgers destroys Wagner. Rutgers is 4-1. They are going to go bowling this year, folks. And I know a lot of people aren't ready to hear that. Bowling Green Beach, Georgia Tech, like I talked about already. Texas Tech finally looked like the Texas Tech that we thought that they might be coming into the year. Destroyed Houston 49-28. Baylor with a historic comeback against UCF. They were... UCF was up 35-10 going in... They were up 35-7 in the third quarter. Went into the fourth quarter up 35-10. 26 on Well, 29 unanswered points, really, including the third quarter. But Baylor outscored UCF 26-0 in the fourth quarter to win 36-35. It's a little comical just to see. I know USF fans are very loud on Twitter. So to kind of see uh, that dwindle after this week was a little funny, I'll say. Arkansas State destroys UMass. Arkansas State has found a quarterback. Jalen Rayner, six touchdown passes. Heck of a football player. UMass was actually favored by a point going into this game. I thought that was laughable. Um, Watch out for the Red Wolves, though, in the Sun Belt West. USF beats Navy, their first road win in six in 16 tries. Huge, huge win for USF here. Watch out for the Bulls moving forward. They're 2-0 in, in the AAC, and moving forward, they got, they got a good opportunity here. Marshall defeats Old Dominion. Game was w- much closer than it should have been. Marshall, they, they need to score points in the first quarter. I mean, th- this is a good football team, but... Then Old Dominion, we don't know who they are. The week before, they get, <clears throat> they lose, or they should have lost to FCS, former Division II, Texas A&M Commerce. Then they light up the scoreboard here. We don't know who they are. Western Michigan defeats Ball State. Really good win for the Broncos moving forward. Toledo beats NIU by two. That game's always close. That's a great rivalry in the MAC West. That's always a really good football game. Toledo's had some close games recently, though. Um, it'll be interesting to see moving forward how how they they can definitely run the table the rest of the season. But moving forward, how how will they handle things? Missouri wins at Vandy. Memphis, a really good win, G5 game against Boise State. Boise State, 2-3 and three now. But a really good win by the Memphis Tigers to go to 4-1 and one now. They're one of the better teams in the G5. UNLV defeats Hawaii. I think we need to start talking about UNLV. They're 4-1. and one. They beat Vandy. Their only losses to Michigan. UNLV's pretty good. Wyoming beats New Mexico in a game that was much closer than it should have been. New Mexico scored... Uh, 
Fort scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter there. Wyoming was in control of the game until giving up those two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Wyoming's 4-1 and one still, so watch out for them. LSU, Ole Miss beats LSU, and I'm just going to say, that was a terrible football game. RG3, terrible announcing. If you need to, it, What he said during that game, as a Christian, I take great offense to um, just terrible, terrible uh, commentary on his part. Um, he, he should be reprimanded for it, honestly. I know he won't be because ESPN doesn't care. But t- terrible commentary by him. But uh, it, I think it was a bad football game. I, I don't like shootouts like this. I'm a defensive guy. <clears throat> I'm not going to give Ole Miss too much credit in this game because LSU doesn't play any defense. I still don't think Lane Kiffin's that good of a coach. I know this is a marquee win for them, but I think it's very clear that we've overhyped LSU, myself included. I, I still don't think Ole Miss has a chance in the, in the SEC West moving forward. But, okay, you won. Kudos to you. But I still don't think moving forward it's going to matter. Oregon trounces Stanford. Oklahoma puts up 50. We were questioning their offense a little bit. They trounced Iowa. Rice beats East Carolina 24-17. They do so with with having less than 300 yards passing from JD, JT Daniels. So, Good for them. Kudos to them for winning the game. My UConn Huskies play at Rice this week. North Texas struggled with Appling Christian, um, but still gets the victory. Troy wins at Georgia State. Georgia State falls from the unbeatens. I'm not surprised by this result, though. Troy is uh, just a better program. Um, Texas State puts up 50 at Southern Miss. We need to start. Or I'm sorry, Texas State. We need to be talking about Texas State more in the Sun Belt West. That's a good football team. Could they win the Sun Belt West? It's possible. Let's let's see moving forward. Colorado State defeats Utah Tech. Notre Dame wins a really, really good football game at Duke. Prayers for Riley Leonard. We hope his ankle's okay. That was a devastating injury. Um, but kudos to Notre Dame. Sam Hartman is a heck of a football player and an even better person. Uh, just every week he does something that you just say, man, you got to root for this guy. And that's hard for me to say being a former – being a – Growing up a diehard Michigan fan to a Notre Dame player, but man, Sam Hartman's such a likable guy. If you don't know, he stayed and waited outside the tent to make sure Riley Leonard was okay. Um, kudos to them, though. Really good win for them. <clears throat> Tennessee beat South Carolina handily. Iowa <clears throat> needed a defensive touchdown, a punt return touchdown to beat Michigan State. SMU beat Charlotte. Virginia Tech trounces Pitt. Man, Pitt's in a... In, they're, it's rough for them this year. West Virginia wins at TCU. West Virginia's schedule, they're 4-1, and one, and moving forward, they have a shot. I, I, I don't think they will. But there is a possibility that West Virginia could, could be in the Big 12 title game. Just watch out for that. Neil Brown, everybody thought he was going to get fired this year. He's, they've had a spectacular start to the season. Kudos to him and kudos to them for uh, – Taking care of business. App State needs a record-setting field goal to win at ULM. But I will say, that is the hardest place to play in the Sun Belt. So kudos to App for getting that W. Air Force destroys San Diego State. I put Air Force in my top 25 this week at number 25. That is a good football team. Alabama destroys Mississippi State. Mississippi State is not very good this year. And they always struggle against Alabama. But kudos to Bama. 
taking care of business. Washington wins at Arizona, only 31-24, to but Arizona is a tough place to play. So I don't take too much stock in that. <clears throat> Fresno State destroys Nevada. So moving on to week six. Wednesday, we got some good game, some Conference USA football. Jacksonville State at Middle, Ten Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee is favored at 1-4 over 4-1 Jacksonville State. I think that's disrespectful to uh, the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks are a good football team. And I think moving forward, we, we need to give them the respect that they deserve. Um, then you got FIU at New Mexico State. That's a really interesting game. Two interesting offenses there. Um, that, that that game could be a shootout. I'm intrigued by that one. Then Thursday, we get Sam Houston, who is 0-4 against 4-0 Liberty. Liberty could really take care of business there. And then it, I think a really interesting game here, Western Kentucky at Louisiana Tech. Two good offenses who can put up points. I still think Western Kentucky takes care of business. But that's a really interesting game there on ESPNU Thursday night. I highly recommend watching that game. Malachi Corley, one of the best wide receivers in college football. And then a wide receiver that not a lot of people talk about, Smoke Harris at Louisiana Tech. A good matchup there. I really, really, really believe that. Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is not good this year. Um, they've been booed off the field uh, going into halftime this year. They're, they're, Kansas State has to win this game, and I think they need to win by double digits. Sorry, I got a runny nose, guys. I'm trying to fix that. <laughs> Apologize. Then Nebraska at Illinois. Illinois needs to win this game at home on a Friday night. Then Saturday, my UConn Huskies play at Rice, hoping the Huskies can get win number one this week. Michigan plays at Minnesota. Interesting game there. I think Michigan runs away with it. The game's at night, though. Crazy things happen in Minneapolis, but I still think Michigan takes care of business. We got the Red River rivalry. Two undefeated teams here. Great game. Oklahoma against Texas. Texas favored by six points. I think Texas wins this game. I think Texas is going to make the college football playoff. I think Texas is going to run the table. Texas is really good, guys. That's a really good football team. I think we can finally say that they're back. Maryland at Ohio State on Fox. Two undefeated teams here. Ohio State better be ready. I'm going to say that. I, I, I think Ohio State wins the game. I'm really intrigued to see where Maryland's at. Maryland almost beat Ohio State in Maryland last year. Going to the horseshoe is a lot different. But I think this is a much different Maryland football team. Ohio State's favored by 19.5. I think the game's going to be closer than that. I'm really intrigued by this one. I am. I, I'm intrigued by this game. How, how close can Maryland keep it? Tallulah Tugavaloa is really good. You got LSU at Missouri. LSU's favored in this game by 6.5. I think that's a slap in the face to Missouri. LSU should not be ranked. LSU is was so overhyped, myself included. I thought they could make the playoff this year. I was completely wrong about that. I had them in my top four to start the season. I'll admit I was wrong about that. I'm hoping Missouri gets this one, if for no other reason, because I don't like Brian Kelly just from my days back at Grand Valley State. <laughs> I've already called this one. My good friend Omar asking about Army over BC. I think Army takes care of business here. Western Michigan going to Mississippi State. Sleepy game here. Does Mississippi State has struggled this year? Yes, they should win this game. But watch out. Watch out for the Broncos. I'm not saying they're going to win by any means, but I think they keep it closer than it should be. 
Rutgers going to Wisconsin. I'm really intrigued by this game. Wisconsin has struggled at times this year. Rutgers is a lot better than anybody thinks that they are. I'm not going to pick the upset here, but I'm saying it's on upset alert. Let's just keep it there. Here's an interesting one. FCS William & Mary, they were in the top five last week, lost at Elon, going to Virginia, who's 0-5. This is probably the only game on Virginia's schedule where they could win. Virginia needs to win this game. All I'm going to say is watch out. Does If Virginia loses this game, they're not winning a game all year. Toledo goes to UMass. Toledo is the heavy favorite. Marshall at NC State. I talked about this game already. I, I pick Marshall to win this game. UTSA at Temple. Central Michigan at Buffalo. Washington State at UCLA. UCLA is favored by 3.5. Washington State and Cam Ward. That's a good, good football team. I'm going to say the Cougars win in L.A. Howard at Northwestern. Northwestern better win that football game. There is still a possibility that Northwestern could get to a bowl. They win this game. They're 3-3. Three and three. It would be interesting to see. Virginia Tech at Florida State. I think Florida State takes care of business handily here. Alabama at Texas A&M. This is a good football game. Both are 4-1. and one. I already said earlier in the show, I think Alabama runs the table the rest of the year to go to the playoff. Obviously, they need to win this football game. I think they'll take care of business here. Syracuse at North Carolina. Interesting game here. North Carolina is undefeated. Syracuse has looked pesky this year. I still think the Tar Heels take care of business. Purdue at Iowa. That game's going to set football back 100 years. Don't watch that game on Peacock. Don't, don't do that to yourself. Wake Forest at Clemson. Clemson is looking better. I know they've taken a lot of crap this year already. They're starting to click. Let's just say that. North Texas at Navy. Uh, North Texas has not looked good this year. They've given up a ton of points. Navy, I think, gets this one done. Texas State at Louisiana. Really interesting game in the Sun Belt there. Louisiana is favored by a point. Um, They've looked good this year, but they've also lost at Old Dominion. Texas State has looked really good this year. I'm really intrigued by this game. I think Texas State wins at Louisiana. Ball State at Eastern Michigan. Two teams in the MAC that have not uh, played up to the standards that, that they would like to. Bowling Green at Miami, Ohio. Bowling Green coming off a big win. Miami, Ohio is a good football team. Their only loss is at Miami. Uh, Kent State at Ohio. Ohio could win. They could pick the score in this game, I think. NIU at Akron, both 1-4. and four. NIU needs to get back on track, and I think they do in this game. Vandy at Florida, interesting game here. Florida, it will be the heavy favorite, but uh, coming off a, a bad loss to Kentucky. UCF at Kansas, interesting game here. How will UCF respond to their to their loss last week? South Florida at UAB, I'm pulling for the Bulls. Everybody knows I got a lot of USF followers. I'm pulling for those guys. They're a good football team. Happy for them that they're getting a stretch here of games on national TV. Really, really good for those guys. I hope they can keep it going. Arkansas State at Troy. Arkansas State's found a quarterback. They've won three games in a row. Troy, though, is the prohibitive favorite. And they've done a lot of things in their history. Uh, Tulsa at FAU. 
Colorado and Arizona State. Colorado gets back on track here, I think. Huge, huge game in the SEC East. Kentucky at Georgia. Can Kentucky run the football like they did against Florida, against Georgia? Georgia proved last week they are susceptible against the run. Really, really interesting moving forward. I do think Georgia wins this game. I think they put it together. But at the same time, Kentucky has a blueprint where they could win this game. South Alabama at ULM. South Alabama has not lived up to the hype that they had coming into this year. Still an opportunity, though, for them to win the Sun Belt West. they got to win this game. Old Dominion at Southern Miss. This is an interesting game. Southern Miss has not played up to the standards that people thought that they would live up to this year. Old Dominion has looked good sometimes this year, which has surprised some people. They beat Louisiana. Louisiana has looked really good at times this year. Old Dominion put up a lot of points against Marshall. This is an interesting game here in the Sun Belt. The loser, especially if Southern Miss loses this game, there's no way they're going to make a bowl game. Notre Dame at Louisville. Really, really interesting game here. Cardinals are undefeated. Notre Dame, another night game. I think Notre Dame goes in, gets this win. Arkansas at Ole Miss. Ole Miss should win this game. Arkansas is not very good. But we've seen Lane Kiffin make bad coaching decisions. Georgia Tech at Miami. Miami better run away with this one. Really good game on Fox at night. Fresno State at Wyoming. 5-0 Fresno State at 4-1 Wyoming. Wyoming is an extremely difficult place to play. Ask Texas Tech. Ask App State. Sorry, guys. My nose is running, and I have to keep uh, <laughs> getting a tissue. Good game there, though. I would recommend watching that game. The winner of that game could be in the front. It could be in the driver's seat for the Mountain West title. Air Force will obviously play a role in that as well. Texas Tech at Baylor. Um, Baylor coming off that heck of a comeback win. Texas Tech looked like the Texas Tech team that we thought they would last week, though. TCU at Iowa State. Colorado State at Utah State. San Jose State at Boise State. Then at night, the late games, Pac-12 after dark. Oregon State at Cal. Arizona at USC. So I think Oregon State, obviously, I'm very high on them. I think they go into Cal. They take care of business. And then Air, USC, they're going to give up points to Arizona. Arizona will score in this game, but USC obviously should take care of business there. So really good slate there. Like I said, we got multiple games of undefeated teams against undefeated teams. So this is a great game, great week to be at home. I will be at home this week again, not going to a game this week. Um, saving up for for uh, future games down the road. Um, so, again, another great week of college football. Hope you guys enjoy it. Safe travels to you if you are traveling somewhere to a game. Enjoy it. Again, it's a blessing to be able to travel and go to these games like we get to do. Don't take it for granted. Enjoy every moment. It's always a heck of a ride. It's a lot of fun. We're going to learn a lot more about a lot of teams this week in week six of college football. So, again, guys, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, please give uh, give the podcast a five-star review on Spotify where you're listening. It helps promote the show to uh, to other platforms and other people. It gets the show out there to other more <clears throat> to others. 
Uh, please like, subscribe if you ever listen to the show. Um, and again, feel free to follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. You can follow me personally at Coach underscore B Will. You can also find it on Facebook at TNT College Football Podcast, on the stunt at TNT College Foot One. Great sports platform there. So, again, guys, thanks for listening. Enjoy this week of college football. Everybody have a good day. God bless.